Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, February 4th, 2024. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so they too might share in the joy Jesus won for them. Here's Pastor. You're going to see now uh, what you just hear, heard Mr. Bones read to you. And again, it's just God's Word. It's this one that you're going to see on the screen is going to be from the New International Version. But now you're going to see somebody acting it out. And if you listen to the background, they are speaking Hebrew and Aramaic. You can't make it out, really. But what happens is you get to see kind of what it must have been like. That's where it takes place. It's where Jesus started his Galilean ministry, it's called. And he's at Capernaum. That's where we were last week when he went into church and he preached with authority and people were just amazed. Okay, thank you, James. That is God's word that we'll be looking at today. And as we look at it, we're going to be finding out that God's authority with his word is one of those things that it looks to be very weak, very powerless. But what happens is that little band of men that followed Jesus followed him because Jesus, remember? Remember what Pastor John said a couple of weeks ago? Remember a couple of weeks ago what I said again? As Jesus is gathering his disciples, he just says, follow me. And there's an authority in God's word that is not there with other people. It's God's word that is incredibly authoritative. So he goes into the, the synagogue, the church, and he's going to go worship. That's his normal habit. He loves to be around God's people. And he goes in there and he's preaching, and they are amazed because he preaches with authority. He doesn't say, well, you know, I think Dan says this about this text, and I think that uh, Bill says this about this text, and I, I think Chris says this about this. He doesn't do that. He says, this is what the Lord says. We should do this. It's a different kind of thing that they've never heard before. So he preaches with authority with the word. Then as he's preaching and they're amazed, what happens is somebody comes in who's possessed by a demon and tries to disrupt the service, get them all distracted, get them all scared, and Jesus would have none of it. He said, Put a lid on it. Get out of him. And just like that, the demon had to obey. Oh, it tried to scare everybody, but the demon had to obey. So now we have this one. He's done that, and what happens? People are flocking to him all day long. <laughs> so from that morning all the way to the evening until he finally goes to Peter's house. So now you know a little bit about Peter. He's wealthy enough or well-to-do enough that he has a house. We know that he's married because his mother-in-law is sick. When you read God's Word carefully, you can be absolutely amazed every time you read it. They just tell Jesus, uh, my, my wife's mom is sick. They don't ask him to do a thing. Jesus goes up. Jesus heals her. 
And what happens next? Does she say, oh, thank you so much, reach into her pocket and pay him? No. She gets up and she starts to serve the whole group. What's up with that? This is how Christians are. When God is incredibly kind and generous to you, you just cannot help but be kind and generous back. Also notice something about God and his word. She didn't slowly get better. You know, I had COVID a while back, and it took me a while to get better. Pastor John had COVID. He's on his way. He's getting better. When you go to the hospital to get a surgery, it takes a while to get better. Al's getting his knees better. All right, it, takes, it takes a while to get better. Not when Jesus does it. He is God, and when he commands, demons leave, and when he commands, the disease that is troubling you must stop. So, now what happens? Well, people come to the house, and they come to the house, they find out where, see, this is Peter's hometown. Everyone knows where Peter lives. So they're knocking on the door. Can I come in? Uh, I, got, I got a sick boy here. Can I come in? My cousin over here, he broke his leg. Can I come in? And, come in? and he heals various diseases and casts out demons till late in the night. Okay, that would be what we would think is normal for Jesus. And then something that is, strikes us as unusual. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went up, went out by himself. It's not that he wanted to be done with the business of healing people. He, not that he wanted to be done with, with being around Peter and the, and, the, and the fellow companions who were following him. He wanted to be with his father. And why did he want to be with his father? Because he was in charge of making sure that everything works out so that you and I get home safe to heaven. Now, there's a couple of things you, can, you could spend a month of time just on this particular part of God's word. But understand something about yourself. When it's really important for you, when you're excited, you get up early. That's just how it is. James, who was helping out with the slides, if it's hunting season, he's up early. He's got to go hunting. He's got to get his deer or his turkey or whatever he's getting this year. If you're going for a vacation, what do you do? You get up early, set the alarm. In fact, you pack up the night before. If company's coming over, you make sure you're here early. We're having a potluck later. Guess what? We, people were here early, getting, making sure that everything was ready. That's just how it is. If it's important and exciting to you, then you get up early. This is important and exciting to Jesus. Jesus is not reluctantly, oh man, i got to save these, these crazy people. They keep on disobeying you, Father. They keep on doing all this bad stuff. They know better, and they disobey you anyway. They don't want to have anything to do. They don't even like to come and worship you. They don't have to, why even bother? He doesn't do it like that. He looks at people like, you are in a heap of trouble. You don't even know you're in a heap of trouble. I got to make sure that as much as I can, you understand that God the Father loves you. So he sent me, his son. And what did Jesus do? He worked out our salvation 
for us. And he's on the way to do that. He's going to wind up on a cross outside of Jerusalem. He knows that ahead of time. And he's not reluctant. He's not grumbling. He's not whining about what a dirty job that is. And I'm not doing anything wrong. And No, he's, he loves to do this because he's head over heels in love with us. You and I give him no cause. There's nothing in us that's so hot and neat that he would love to save us. We give him every cause to throw us away, and he gets up early and talks to his Heavenly Father because when the word goes out, when the word promises that there is a deliverance from this vast army that's coming against you, when the word promises that, you just get up early. Uh, Abraham. Abraham was praying to the Lord. He got up early to find out, how did that go, Lord? Were you able to figure out how to rescue my nephew Lot? Gideon got up early because he was kind of wondering, I don't know, Lord, I, it's, they're not behind me 100%. I, are you behind me? So he got up early, we're told, to check and see if God was listening to his prayer. What about David? You know, King David, he went out early to that battlefield. And we know how that day ended for Goliath and for David. Goliath lost. David won. Better way to say it is, Goliath lost. God won. When the word goes out that the deliverance from an evil army is at hand and guaranteed, you get up early. Hezekiah, here's another guy, another king who was kind of troubled. And he got up early and prayed to God. Ezra, it was a prophet. And the, at his day, people were not listening to God's word. And when they finally did, there was nobody to teach them. And the leaders were no longer bold in the word because they did not know the word. So what happened? He got up early to teach them. And on and on and on it goes. Because when something is important and you know that the word has gone out, the promise is that it's all gone. It's the, the army's defeated. You get up early. You just can't wait. That's a come. As they go out and find him, they're shocked because they don't get that yet. When I was in confirmation class, I didn't get that. I thought it was just another class. I just got ticked off another class. It took a while for the Lord to teach me because I'm kind of thick-headed that way. But he did finally teach me. Jesus could not wait to talk with his heavenly Father. His Father was sent him so that he could rescue us. And he was on the path there, and he knew where it would end, and he was eager to go. So did he make it? Well, he did. And there's another time where God talks about being early in the morning. Another time. In fact, all four Gospels record the time stamp of the important event that took place when Jesus got up early another time. At dawn on the first day of the week, Matthew said. Mark wrote, 
Very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, the women went to Jesus' tomb, and looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. John wrote, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And Dr. Luke, he also records a time. They were at the tomb early in the morning. See, when the word is given and promises defeat to an oncoming army, you just can't wait. That's how it is. So that's how come when you hear this part of God's word, and although it seems like next to nothing, remember, God's saying, get up and add it. You have good news. The comfort that people have been waiting for, you have. And you're saying, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't have that fast. Yes, you do. Did you know that if a Christian dies, just like that, they're in heaven? The tragedy that hit that family in our congregation, those two people immediately were in heaven. And what a comfort that was for the mom and dad. You and I have the same comfort right now, and there are people around us who do not have that. There are people who think that they can make God happy by just being good or by showing up in church or by every now and then tossing in some money into the plate. That's not how God works. He's not a bubblegum machine. God is the God of holiness. And he says, be holy because you're not and I am and we are not. And so we come before him and we say, I'm sorry. And then God, for Jesus' sake, says, I want you to trust my son. Trust him. Because he has removed your sin. All of the things you've ever done wrong, Jesus knew all about them, and he went up to a cross, and he let people spit on him and nail him and stick a spear into his body. Because on the third day, he knew the plan. He had been talking with his father about it almost every day, early in the morning. He knew his father would raise him from the dead, and that would be the cap of the whole ministry. So in Jesus' name, my dear friends, let's do that. Get up and at it and share the good news that Jesus has done everything. And heaven is our home because of what he has done for us in his name. So let us live. Amen.